another hope-filled message from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifeau.org. Today I want to talk about this thought that we all go through wildernesses. And it's in these dark times or in these times that we didn't expect to find that often in our humanity, there's a why that comes. There's the why in the wilderness of God. Here we are. We're stuck. Our world is in crisis. What will become of it and where will we go? But I'm thankful that I grew up in the church and I don't know what it was, but as a young boy, I remember somebody sharing how that when God comes and he brings his promises to us, those promises still come with human challenges. And to every promise, there is a pathway. Think about it. We're going to touch on this, but Israel, they'd been 400 years in bondage because of their rejection of God. And, and they began to cry out to God, God, deliver us. And God said, Moses. And so God promised that he would take them to Canaan. But what they didn't understand is there was a pathway to get there. And that pathway was costly and had a whole lot of challenge with it. And they had to learn to walk through the wilderness. I'm thankful for our governments who are saying there is hope on the other side of this. And I just want to inspire you that even more than our governments, there's a father in heaven that says it's not over yet. And I've lived now for more than 60 years and had the wonder of knowing God on that journey called life. And there have been many times where I had a why that I had no answers for, but I look back and the why always had an answer. And that answer was Jesus. And I want to inspire you today, wherever you find yourself and whatever crisis you may feel that you are trapped in, wherever you are, in fact, on the planet, whether you're watching on Shine, you're online, Melbourne, here in New Zealand, globally. Paul writes these incredible words. He says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 6, always remember it is God who commanded light to shine out of darkness. I love that. It is God that causes light to come when we find ourselves in darkness. And he has shone it in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And I believe in the darkness that our world is in, that God is literally going to show himself to so many that didn't even know that he existed. Because the truth is the light is greater when the darkness is deeper. And right now, let's not get caught in just seeing darkness, but begin to believe that God can use this darkness for greater things. The next verse, Paul, who had lived many years with God, he says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. I think we all feel today that, wow, we thought we had security, but where's that gone? There is a revelation that comes in the wilderness that God can step in. He goes on in verse eight, we are hard pressed on every side, but listen to this, but we're not crushed. We are perplexed, but we're not in despair. And that's why we can worship. We are forsaken. That's what it feels like, but we're not struck down. We're not destroyed. We always, in verse 10, I've never really seen it since I've seen it this week, always carrying about in the body, in our humanness, in our human journey, the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our body. 
And I want to encourage you today, if you have faith, don't see this as a negative, but begin to say, God, you're going to manifest Jesus through this. Because when we can't find a human answer, we discover the light of God reaches others through our response. We are struck down, but not destroyed. We are perplexed. We're confused at times in our humanness, but that doesn't stop us. And again today, I'm privileged to have a couple of great friends with me today. And that's Sonia Bachi and also Nick Edwards. Thank you for joining me. And uh, I thought again, as we have done previously, and I love this format because we are in the homes of people and it's very much one-on-one now or one with family, but just have a conversation about the fact of your faith. Maybe Sonia, start with you. Has there been a time in your life, by the way, you've been a Christian for how long? Um, I'd say about 16 years. 16 years. And in that journey, what has it been like? Were there times or have there been times where you feel or have felt that everything seemed lost and yet Jesus came into focus? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I think there's been um, several moments in my journey. Um, I can particularly remember... um, Before I was actively involved in church, I I grew up in church and then had a season outside of it. And I can remember feeling very scattered and that being a really prominent feeling in my life and feeling lost and out of control. And it actually wasn't until I got connected back into church and found um, hope and found peace and found direction and purpose that I found Jesus in the reality of what that looked like for me. And it's so funny that um, you often don't know that you're lost until you're found. You don't really yeah, know that you've been looking until you've found something. And looking back, I had no idea that something was lost in my life and that I was going through that. But it wasn't until I found it and I was refreshed and found the true relationship with Jesus for me. And that was a huge turning point? Yeah, absolutely. I got connected into a church and that was a real pivotal point in my life and, yeah, has set me off on a great trajectory for now. Because it's interesting, sometimes people say, well, I don't need church. And in a sense, we don't need a building, but we do need the environment of God's people, don't we? What about for you, Nick? Have there been times where you just felt like, man, I don't know if there's a way back from this point? Yeah, like for me, I grew up in church, so I always right. kind of understand who Jesus was. I've never walked away from my faith. but Because your dad's a pastor, isn't he? My dad is a pastor, yeah. you know, but I've watched lots of people go on a journey and I've also watched people who are passionate about Jesus yeah. and then all of a sudden not because something comes and hits them along the way. Yeah. And I always felt like I was secure in that, knowing, well, I've seen this and I'll be okay. But, you know, I think back to a few years ago for me, I'd, I'd moved to New Zealand, I'd chased after a, a job, I'd, I'd taken an opportunity and then in a matter of a couple of days, it was all gone. And I'd found myself in a place where I was like, but God, you brought me here. I really felt like that was the season for me. And yet, but now what? You know, and I remember talking to my wife, I remember talking to good friends and saying, well, I just don't understand. So God, where are you in this? And I remember in that season walking it and thinking, okay, well, I don't have the answers. I can't see beyond necessarily tomorrow, but okay, God, if you've got this, then it has to be about you. I've got to press into you, I've got to look to you, I've got to kind of understand what you've got for my life and and in somehow in the challenge of the uncertainty, you know, and at the moment the uncertainty, it's going, okay, God, can I anchor myself in you? Can I can I trust you? And for me it was going, well, it has to be you, Jesus, nothing else. 
because there is no other thing that I can see in my own humanity, in my own understanding. And it was kind of coming to a place of going, okay, let's see what that looks like and and just begin to really trust, really trust. The big times, and I'm a realist in the sense I have faith, but I want to go deeper into God's word so I understand things. And when you think Paul, he, he was the conduit, if you like, that God used to bring the letters to the church that become God's word for us today. But here's Paul, and he's serving God with everything, but he finds himself in prison. And let's call that the wilderness. It's a season where I want to be out doing what you've called me to do, but here I am trapped. I'm in prison. But note his response in Philippians chapter 1, verse 19. This is what he says. You know what? I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Wow. In the wilderness, it's a time where we go, God, I need you right here, right now. And I know that Jesus, the Spirit, the supply of the Spirit of Jesus is coming my way. Verse 20, according to my earnest expectation and hope that in nothing I will end up ashamed. Nothing I will be put down, but in all boldness, as also, and now knowing that whether it's by life or death, Christ will be magnified. And then he says this classic verse, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. It's like he said, you know what? Whatever happens in the wilderness, even if it is contrary to my success, it's Christ that we're living for. His purposes. Maximized, And I feel prophetically this season globally is God is allowing things to take place. He doesn't create evil, but it is a time for realignment. That God is speaking to his church and saying, are you really living for the things that matter most? Because the enemy has weapons of discouragement and confusion and fear. But as I'm saying, there is a why that comes in the wilderness, but the wilderness has a purpose. And as we begin to understand it, like Israel, they didn't understand that to be delivered and then to move to the promise, there was this pathway and God heard the cry of Moses. And yet as God began to deliver, they were set back with the 10 plagues every time. And then as they were released from Egypt, they came to a Red Sea that was in impenetrable and God opened it and then the the Egyptians came and they began to freak out again and Psalm 78 is a powerful revelation of how we respond so often in the wilderness and I pray this will be an encouragement and it will bring an enlightenment Psalm 78 and verse 14 talks about the nation of Israel and it says here they are in the wilderness and in the daytime God led them with a cloud. That's pretty cool. Because in the wilderness, you're going to see things from God you've never seen before. And in the nighttime, he led them with a light of fire. Then he split the rocks in the wilderness and he gave them drink in abundance like the depths. He also brought streams out of the rock. Man, I'd love to see that. And he caused waters to run down like rivers. I want to encourage you today. No matter what is happening economically, God will not forsake us. God is able to use what is impossible and provide for us. 
But listen to the response of his people when they got trapped in the wilderness and their why became too big is they sinned even more against God and they rebelled against the Most High in the wilderness, in the tough time, in the time of confusion. It's like, well, where are you, God? And what's the point of all this? In fact, yes, they spoke against God and they said with kind of a snide remark, can God even provide a table for us in the wilderness? Can he really look after us? But then God again struck the rock and the waters again gushed out and the streams overflowed. This is one of the most challenging verses when you find yourself in the wilderness in verse 32 of Psalm 78. In spite of everything God did, they still sinned. They did not believe his wondrous works. Therefore, their days he consumed with futility and their years in fear. That word futility, their lives became all about pointless things. And fear now had access to their heart. I've come to realize that fear and futility walk together. That when we give in to fear and we allow the why to begin to direct our hearts in the wilderness seasons, then fear has an open invitation. And they are like kissing cousins. They walk together. Verse 41, he even gets grimmer. Yes, again and again, God's people tempted God because they wouldn't trust him. And listen, they limited the Holy One of Israel. They did not remember his power the day that he had redeemed them from the enemy. And I think this season in our world is a time that I call a wilderness season, but it's a time where we get to choose whether we're going to give in and react or we're going to step up and respond and become more like Jesus. And you may say, yeah, but Paul, you know, I I just don't understand why God would allow such a season to touch our family, to touch who I am. Let me give you a couple of thoughts about the why of the wilderness, that God allows the wilderness because he wants to produce something. I think the first thing that I would share today is that the wilderness is a place where all of us get to determine our focus. (laughs) You know, when you're trapped inside your home weeks on end, it's kind of like, so what is my focus in life? As I said, we decide whether we're going to get up or give up. And God, our Father, has, I think, a dilemma. He wants to bless us so much. But he realizes when we have it all, we don't need him much. And in the blessing, he still wants us to be, again, a frontline force in our world to bring the kingdom. (laughs) You know, Jesus said things like, I'm the light of the world, but I'm going home to heaven. You're the light of the world. And maybe in the midst of all the questions Let's turn our understanding of a wilderness and not fight it, but go, okay, God, I need to realign my focus maybe and have a conversation or two with other people about really what your life really is for. And I've asked you guys to be here today because I know you both well and you don't just have a faith and you're not just committed to get to heaven and even just to share that. You've got a kingdom passion. Sonia, for you, when do you feel like you came into a point where you just said, God, I want my life to count for something and my focus is going to be building the kingdom? 
Yeah, it's a great question. I think it, um, it was in there all along. Right, yeah. I actually, um, you know, as you're sharing and, and thinking about it a bit more, I think that was just a real deep sense in me from early on to yep. be a part of something greater. I think it's funny as time goes on, you you learn more about yourself and, and I feel like I'm quite a driven person and yep. I like having a vision and something that I'm focused on. And I think aligning myself with something a lot bigger than myself, like, um, was like a seed in my soul that wow. has just been able to sprout by being planted in a great church and a, and a family of faith. And it's been pretty incredible to see that grow and develop and just see, um, yeah, I think the incredible purpose around, around that as well. Because watching you, and I'm a, a bit like a, a popper, and uh, we're very close, but even early on in your younger years, it's like there's something that, you, you seem to be focused on making sure your life was all about kingdom. Yeah. And a lot of your peers being distracted by just great things, yeah. but it's like, and we need fun and we, we want hobbies and we want to do all kinds of things, but it's kind of like, if it's not moving something forward in the kingdom, it's not enough for you. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny because even at, at school, it was always, you know, there's always opportunities to go this way or that way. But something always, I had that anchor, that, that plumb line that I always came back to. And I think... I just am so grateful for that and, and that being a real strong thing that was a part of my life. And it was a decision, I guess. Everybody has a decision how they react and they respond. It's, it's, it's crazy times at the moment and we have a decision each personally to make during this time. Are we going to um, sit in this um, fear and anxiety or are we actually going to look to what we know and trust through our testimony, our own personal experience, that is the thing that we can hold on to. And even in the unknown, that is something that we can hold very firmly on to. I know for Marie and I, 28 years ago, three boys under five, and I've often talked about, we felt like, hey, we'd be in Australia forever. I'm a Kiwi by birth. But God said, would you go back to New Zealand? There was no guarantees. But because our focus was, well, if this is God, that's what we want to live for. Then money didn't make the decision. Uh, even had great friends saying, hey, you shouldn't be doing this, man. You, you've got such a career here in, in ministry and look at what's happening. And I just, it's really not about that. It's about what, what the boss wants. And I think this is a season where for all of us, it's time for us to make a decision to focus and determine what our lives will count for. And in that place is where God begins to move us. Was that the same for you, Nick? I mean, brought up, as you said, in the Christian home. Yeah. And so you can sort of sign up. To, hey, I go to church and I believe that. I know there's a God. I see that in creation. I felt his presence. Yeah. But to really say everything comes through a filter of a particular kingdom focus, yeah. which is how you live now. Yeah. What brought that on? For me, it was like I grew up in church, but I always understood like I was passionate. I am passionate about church. I, I love church. Right but I've always felt a call to business. Yep. And I always wrestled this as I grew up and I was like, okay, God, I'm passionate about church, but you've blessed me with a career in business and, and it was going really well. And I remember when I came to New Zealand, I remember saying to my dad, I said, you know what, dad, for so many years, I've really, I've really wrestled with this balance of I'm passionate about church, but God seems to be blessing my career. And I remember saying to him as clear as anything, I said, when I make this shift, I'm going to go after business. And it was a few months into it, I remember feeling like something is missing. You know, I, I, I couldn't put my finger on it. I couldn't, 
you know, we'd found um, life as a home and we'd started to come along and we'd attend, but we were just attending and, like, for something in me was like, I need to do something more. And it wasn't because I grew up in church that I understood that, but it was because I actually had this void in me. I had a great job. We had a great place, a great house. We were ticking all these boxes that from the outside you could look at and say, wow, that's an incredible life you've got. But I knew for me that there was something more to who I was. And it was in that moment that I remember saying to Shaz, my wife, I said, hey, babe, we've got to do something. You know, I've got to start serving in the house again. I've got to start to build the house. I've got to start to find a purpose in his kingdom. And out of that, God did amazing things. He began to like... He brought people into my world. He brought friends into my world that are now like family. He brought opportunities that I never thought would exist. And and I know it's because that I've always tried to focus on him. Yep. And when I didn't, there was a void. But as I discovered who I was and how I was what, I'm still passionate about business. I'm yep. not, and that's just part of who I am. It's a great. But thing. I want my my life to count for something more than just dollars and cents. Yeah. It's got to count for something when it comes to people and helping them discover. I guess for me, it's how do I just help them to discover what that looks like for them as well. Yeah. And it is the tough times, and I think right now I'm wanting to encourage you. Maybe you feel like you're not really aligned like you should be with the faith that you hold, then make a decision that this is going to be what the wilderness is for. I'm going to realign. I'm going to define my purpose. Uh, As you begin to do that, again, James writes this in verse 2 of chapter 1. Consider it, by the way, a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. That's the season. Don't see it as something that, oh, no, we're out of control. No, consider it a gift that these things are coming at us because you know that under pressure, it's your faith life that is forced into the open and it begins to show its true colours. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so that you can become mature, well-developed, not deficient in any way. And God gives us the choice, but I want to encourage you, what I've learned The white of the wilderness is that it is a place where we determine our focus. And it's that place of restriction where a shift and a realignment takes place. Love this quote by Brooker T. Washington. He said this, success is to be measured not so much by the position that one has reached in their life, but by the obstacles which he has over, she has overcome while trying to succeed. And so I look at the wilderness seasons like we are in right now as something that helps me to literally determine my focus. It doesn't just stay there, but it leads us forward to understand truth of life. You look at any tree that has stood the test of time. It's developed its strength by the winds that it has faced. The roots go down deeper because of the opposition that comes at it. And that's the same for all of us. And I want to just, by God's grace, breathe hope into you. You might go, yeah, but Paul, my realities are I have lost my job. And I I understand. I've been in that situation. I had almost eight months in one period. I couldn't get a job. But that's not the end of the story. And I just want you to say, God, I am going to determine to go your way. And as I trust you in that, then the strength for the future is being formed right now. And as God 
has given us so many gifts and so much blessing. Today is a time where we realize that can go like that. But at the same time, when we predetermine our focus, the wilderness is working for us. The second thought, as I bring this to a close, is that I believe the wilderness is a place where we discover our true dependence. It's at times where everything is falling apart that you really see where your dependency is, where our security, is it on God? Is it on possessions? Is it on gifting? Is it on our current reality? And the world goes into crisis when we lose our human security. But it shows us something. It shows us that it's become our dependency. You know, sometimes as Christians, even mature Christians can be up and down, up and down, one week up, one week down, because things around us aren't working. I was only 19 years old at Faith Bible College here in New Zealand when I went on a four-month trip into Fiji. It was in 1979, and I was thrown into the deep end, and I remember being asked to do things that I never believed I could do. I had never spoken publicly. In fact, I got 37% for English. That's how good I was at school. And then the Indian pastor in Fiji basically said, for the four months, you're on. I said, what does that mean? We had about three home groups through the week. We had men's groups. We had Sunday services. We had youth groups. I had to preach seven to nine times a week. I'd never done it once. That season was like, I can't survive this. And not only that, I got curry for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I'd never really eaten curry before. And it was like, oh my God. This is just too much for me. You know what happened is in that time, I had to make a decision. My dependency was not on my ability. It was on the God that called me. And I just pray that in this time, the season in our world where there is, again, a sense of holding, we feel restricted, hemmed in, that we will just begin to ask the question of ourselves, Where is our true dependence? Is it God? Or is it on what we've amassed? And if it is on the things that we've amassed, you know, God's calling us back to go, let me be the center. Psalm 63 and verse one, it's worth a meditation moment or two. The psalmist cries out and says, oh God, I've come to realize you are my God. And early I will seek you because I've got nowhere else to turn. So my soul now is thirsting for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. And I think like the Israelites, stop trying to get out of the wilderness, but let's find the water in the wilderness. And the water in the wilderness is God's presence. And it's God saying, hey, Canaan is great. and The promises are huge, but there are giants there. The honey, the grapes, everything's going to be amazing. But if you lose your dependence on me, then everybody's a loser. Let me come back to what we looked at in Hebrews 3 and verse 14 in one of the previous weeks. And again, the writer of Hebrews says this, if we have become partakers of Christ, if we hold fast, the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. While it is said today, you will hear his voice. Don't 
Harden your heart as in the day of the rebellion. For who having heard the Israelites rebelled, indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt led by Moses? Every one of them rebelled. So we see that they never got to enter the promise because of unbelief. And my prayer is that you are encouraged. And I suppose I'm talking like a dad, but it's, it's God's got so much for us. But if the why takes everything, then we've missed it. There is a why to the wilderness. It's to realign, redefine our focus. It's literally, as I'm saying, to, to help us discover where our true dependence is and to have a connection moment with God that's real. I've often had to stop myself in my very busy life over many years and just ask myself, so Paul, what's the most predominant voice in your life? Is it the voice of fear? Is it the voice of inadequacy? Is it the voice of a past failure? Is it the voice of it's too big for me? Because you know what? All of us run out of steam. And you know what? We're in a world that runs out of steam. But our hope is built on a God that never changes. And I don't want to limit the Holy One of Israel. I don't want to stop God from using my life to make a difference in other people because of God's kingdom in me. And I think as we really put our dependence on Him, everything's going to shift for the good. And we can be confident, Philippians 1 verse 6 says, of this very thing that the God that has begun a good work will complete it. Right up into the day of Jesus Christ. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have any questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifeau.org.